Welcome to the Liberty Podcast. We're so excited that you're interested in the teaching ministry of Liberty Bible Church. We're a multi-site church that exists to share the love of Christ across Northwest Indiana. If you're looking for a church home, please check us out at our website, findliberty.net. Thanks again for joining us as together we're transformed by the teaching from the Word of God. Good morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Daryl, and it's my privilege to be here today to open God's Word to you. And usually when I speak, I usually get asked one question. So, yes, I did bring something. You all all wonder. But uh, hopefully it will bring clarity to the Scriptures this morning. But it's good to be here today, and happy Sunday, by the way. We're going to be in Galatians. If you haven't found it yet, you can begin to open your Bible there. But while you're doing that, in Galatians 4 will be today. I want to get you to think about something. Have you ever felt like you had been tricked by a salesperson? Okay, you know, you were promised that if you just bought this certain product from them, not only were you smart in making a good investment, but we also want you to know that our service department is, like, phenomenal. You know, if you happen to have a little issue, you know, and... So you bring it to us, and since you bought it from us, what we do is we will actually elevate you on priority, and so you will get service quicker quicker than anybody else. My wife and I are thinking, this is great, only to find out that when your camper really does have a little issue, that you ask them, you know, could you guys look at it for me? They tell you, sure, but it'll be at least a month from now. You ask yourself, why did we pay extra for that service agreement? You ever do that? Yeah. Well, as we continue through the book of Galatians, I wonder if some of the Galatians began to believe that, you know, accepting Jesus was good. But now that we're having to face opposition from outside the world, we're having to deal with real-life issues, perhaps there's more. But, you know, but before you begin to think too harshly about them, I want you to stop and say, you know what, as we look at our own hearts, can't we be easily deceived at times too? So let's not be so harsh on them if we could. Just think about that. And instead, the light and truth from Scripture, we need to look at our situations and our decisions to make sure that our attitude and our actions are right and pleasing to the Lord. Well, now that we're in Galatians 4, I feel like it's necessary that you and I, we just kind of stop real quick and take a quick review of what's going on so far in Galatians. Is that okay? If you said no, I was still going to do it, but I was just being kind to you. Well, you know, remember, Galatians was a letter. I know it didn't happen like this, but, you know, it's like they went to their mailbox and they said, they opened it up and said, wow, here is a letter from Paul. With excitement. I know it was a parchment. It was a roll, but just go with me, okay? You opened up that letter and said, I couldn't wait to read it from Paul. And by verse number three of the first chapter, he says this. He reminds him of the gospel. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Wow. Two verses later, 
just two. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to another gospel. Two verses later, if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Do you, you can tell there's some issues that are happening, can't you? Shake your head. All right, you, get, you see what's going on. The apostle Paul was about keeping it simple and pure. He said it's all about Jesus. Jesus died for you. He took your sins penalty on himself. He bought you. He redeemed you. He adopted you into his family. You've got full right and access into God's family now. But it was all about Jesus. Yeah, but, you know, they had these different speakers come in, and they were just sharing things. You know, Jesus is good, but, you know, you also got to do this. You know, yep, Jesus, yeah, he's good, yep, but you also need to do this. And it's like these weights of having to do these certain requirements are necessary. <sighs> that freedom you were exp- They're heavy. Don't worry, we're going to get it on there. And then the Apostle Paul shows up and said, it's not about that. And he begins to address the issues. Last week when Pastor Kevin was here in chapter 3 and part of chapter 4, he said, he asked a question, who are you, really? And he gave four profiles, remember? The first one was a lost prisoner. The next one was a blinded slave. The third one was an immature son or daughter. And the fourth one was an uh, adopted heir. And I don't know about you, but I especially like the story he told about the young prince being kidnapped in an early age, didn't even know know or understand all the access that was available to him. It's kind of like us at times sometimes, isn't it? I'm going to do it myself. Then in Galatians chapter 4, it starts with, it begins by contrasting several different paths. There's a path of spiritual slavery with the path of spiritual freedom in Christ. But before you and I trusted Christ, we were all enslaved to the law and to what is referred to as the elementary principles that you read about. We were enslaved to trying harder and harder and harder to jump higher and higher to be accepted that God would accept us somehow and we would get his favor only to find out when you came to Christ it never ever was about doing. It was always about a relationship with Jesus. Jesus did it all. He completed our redemption on the cross. And at the moment you accepted Christ, you received all the benefits available to you. You'll also see in this passage we're going to look at, it's a rather long passage. Paul is going to confront them in love because they seem to be listening and giving in to what the false teachers are saying. 
Which on a sidebar, let me ask you this. Don't answer out loud though, please. But how do you react when a brother or sister in Christ notices maybe you've taken a few detours and they have to lovingly confront you? How do you react? How do you respond? Do you thank them and show your appreciation for them? Because you know how hard it is to do that, right? Or do you pull away from them? Or perhaps that circle of friends you had, you conveniently opened it up just big enough to let them out. (laughs) Paul's love said, his love for them said, you know what? I need to talk to them. That's what gave Paul the courage. Because I love you, I really need to talk to you guys, to share this with you. So in this passage we're going to look at today from verses 8 through 31, like I said, pretty long. You heard it read this morning. By the way, thank you, Steve, wherever you are for reading. There you go. Thank you, sir. And the main theme, I want you to, you know how pastors will say, you know, if you don't leave with anything else, leave with this one truth. Are you ready? Your faith in Jesus sets you free from the law. Now live in confidence for Jesus. Thank you, sir. Oh. Oh, it does look good, though. In the first portion, we got three portions we're going to look at today. The first one is in verses 8 through 11. In verses 8 through 11, the main point I want you to see there, I believe that the truth that are teaching us is this, that turning away from Christ, it leads to slavery. It leads to slavery as illustrated by this this morning, and you'll see it in the text too. I'm guessing the Galatian Christians may have had the right motive. You know, we just want to mature and grow as believers. We want to to mature, but what they were doing was just not good. The false teachers called Judaizers had tricked them. Uh, The scriptures used the word bewitched them into thinking that obeying the Jewish ceremonial laws would somehow either make them a Christian we, the term is justification, or at least it was going to keep, keeping of them would make you a more spiritual Christian. Something's going on here. And since Paul was trained in Judaism, he could easily see and pick those out and say, no, 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 no. It's all about Jesus, guys. It's all about Jesus. But sometimes our flesh, our old nature, it likes to measure success by achievements, doesn't it? I can see this. I can measure this. Oh, and by the way, I can compare myself with you. And I can elevate myself that way too. See how that works? Jesus is all about humility. We all got there the same place, the same way. And then when you start adding things, it's all about our flesh. Be careful, Paul said. Their obedience to the Jewish law created a false sense of satisfaction and that superiority Instead of the Galatians living in freedom and advancing for Christ and all that freedom of being adopted, they became more concerned with keeping the Jewish ceremonial laws, such as days, the scripture says months, seasons, and years. Something had happened. The Galatian church, the people, they began to take a spiritual U-turn. They took a U-turn. 
Rather than enjoying all the privileges of being an adopted child of God, they backtracked to rule-keeping. Now, you all know this, but just as a fresh reminder, the keeping of the law, it was never designed to be the final prize at the end of the race. It never was. The law cannot change or even make God's promises come true. It can't. The law revealed our inability to keep them, and it revealed our hopelessness on our own. The law revealed that righteousness does not come from external regulations. It doesn't. The law cannot give life, but rather it points to the giver of life, Jesus. Only Jesus kept the law perfectly, and Jesus took our curse on himself on the cross. And then the moment that you and I place our faith in Christ, our sin that was paid in full, our heart was regenerated, we were born again. We were given a new identity. The Spirit of God lives in us, and now we can say, Abba, Father, that term of endearment, we have direct access to God. Wow. It wasn't the law that did it. It was that supernatural birth, being born again. But perhaps you're here and you're new to Christianity and you're like, Pastor, I just don't understand all that's available to me. I know. We all have to learn and grow in our understanding. But positionally, you have everything. All of the benefits are available to you. The moment you got saved, they're all there. Paul reminds him, he even says this in the text, he reminds him that, you know, but guys, wait a minute, get the focus off of you. It wasn't you that, re- that know God. It was because God reached out to you. So take the focus off of your efforts, guys. Don't do that. You hear, you've read this other way, places in the Bible. You have not chosen me, but it was God that did the reaching out. It was God that reached out to us. So why would they even think of taking a U-turn? They were free in Christ. Why would they enslave themselves again to the rules? They were weak and worthless, the text says. These elementary principles. The weak because they couldn't justify you, make you right with God. They were worthless because compared to the gospel and the benefits of of salvation and it come through Christ, it's worthless over there, guys. And what is this elementary principle? It's those things that we chose to do, to trust in apart from God. And we were slaves to it before we got saved. For the Jews, it was the Mosaic law. For the Gentiles, it was the pagan religions and superstitions. It's different because Christians, it's all about Christ or should be. It's different. But we see here, that the power of the gospel, it allows you to rest in confidence in Jesus. And how could you not love him because he loved you first? How could you not want to love those that he loved because he loved you first? Did God accept you because of your works and keeping of the law? Or was it by faith in Christ? Galatians 3, verse 2. Of course, it was by faith. And then he jumps into the second section. 
He starts off with the word brothers, I entreat you, become as I am. And from verses 12 through verse 20, I believe the main point that there's trying to be taught in this passage of Scripture is this. Galatians, live for Jesus, not the approval of others. Not the approval of others. And he says, brothers, become as I am. Well, what is Paul saying? He wants to have a million different Pauls running around the world? No. When Paul was on the road to Damascus and the bright light shine and Paul came, Christ, he accepted Christ as his Savior that day. That was like a, a mind-blowing thing for him. He went away for about three years into Arabia. I'm sure all the things that I had taught, all the things that I believed, it's not all about that. It's about Jesus and Jesus alone. So about three years, he had a, I'm sure there was some sorting out in his heart and his head. Now, Paul being trained in Judaism, it was so easy for him to spot stuff. So he, he could see that from a mile away. But after Paul came to Christ, did he observe Jewish feast? Sure. But it was voluntary. It wasn't about being accepted by God or, or gaining God's approval. It was probably more based on his heritage, being a Jewish heritage. Also, he didn't want to cause it to be a stumbling block to keep others from coming to Christ. So he didn't view it as a requirement for salvation, just more of a, a voluntary thing when he did so. Therefore, we must be careful about commanding or elevating external outward religious practices above what God is doing inside us, a person's heart. We have to be careful. We have to be careful of that. Because the keeping of these Jewish rituals and traditions, naturally, it it promotes some things and are not good. Are you ready? It promotes comparison. Hmm. And it creates division. You know what? Because, you know, I'm keeping these better than you are. Therefore, I'm... But Jesus Christ said the church is about unity. It's about the Jew and the Gentile working together, serving the same Lord. It's about everybody uniting under the banner of Jesus and saying he has set us free. Not is mine way of doing it better than yours hmm he also shares in the text he says what happened to your blessedness you know back when I shared with you the gospel you were so excited you received me with joy and and you know I had a physical ailment and actually the text is you were willing to gouge out your eyes and you would have given them to me if you thought they would help me guys what happened to your joy for me in the gospel what happened what stole your joy you know, I begin to wonder, since he calls them brothers in that text, I wonder if legalism had begun to crept in too. You know, because legalism is both a, pra- a belief and a practice. That somehow the keeping of rules and traditions will make me acceptable to God. You know, I'm good and that's why God loves me. That's not true. Legalism isn't just a setting of standards. It actually means to worshiping those standards and thinking that, you know what, you're spiritual for doing so. It also means using those man-made standards to judge others around you. 
Legalism is a way of exalting yourself over others. It allows that old person, that old nature inside of us to actually look good. That's called pride. Because remember, it's all about Jesus. Our lives are about making him look good because he is good. We're not. Paul is reminding them that only Christ can make us acceptable to God. Here are a few brief things about legalism that can rob you of your joy. Are you ready? It makes people feel more guilty than loved because Jesus loves you. It creates more self-condemnation than true humility. It's more about your performance than your relationship with God. It points out your shortcomings more than revealing how far Christ has brought you. Hmm. Perhaps you've had to work through some of those. I know I have. My life and former ministry and different things that have happened and it's so easy to do some of these things and thinking you're good or you've arrived or whatever. If you're here today and you actually believe that a piece of clothing that you might wear around your neck or on your body can actually make you spiritual, you're being tricked. You're being tricked. That's not. In my former ministry, uh, I remember uh, an older gentleman. This was a long time ago. So he was probably my age now, <laughs> which is probably true. He used to struggle and he goes, Daryl, I, I just want to understand the Bible more because I want to I live for the Lord. And he says, but when I read the Bible, I just don't understand it. And the, the version he happened to be using is, was a little harder for him to understand. Since he struggled with reading in general, I recommended, a, would you be willing to look at a different version? One a little bit easier for him to read and to comprehend. It just so happened to be the version this Liberty used to use before the ESV. It was the NIV. I said, maybe you want to look at that. Oh, no. I can't do that. I can't do that. I mean, I had to wrestle with that. When I'm going through difficult times, I remember going down and uh, down at Faith and Lafayette and and the counselor that my wife and I were meeting through just helping us navigate the last ministry, he said, hey, Daryl, I want you to think about just, he just said it like casually. He says, maybe you might want to read from a different version and something a little bit easier. I bet if he took my blood pressure, it went up. And he didn't even break into a sweat. And I remember going into... Sorry, if you're not there yet, I'm just telling you, this is where I had to wrestle with. And I went to the, was, the family bookstore was open back then. I remember walking in there. This is true. I, I did. I made sure nobody would look in. And I'm like, if somebody from our church was there, I was like, I, like, I wasn't there to offend. I'm like, you know, then you got the nice leather bound and hardback. And, you know, I, this is true. Here's a paper version for $5 in case it's not real. I still have that version. 
hurry, can you put it in a bag? Where are you at? I mean, you have to answer that in your own heart and in your own life. You know, some of the crazy things we would hear, like, you know, it's wrong to go to the movies. But somehow it's okay to pirate a copy and watch it at home. I'm like, how in the world? Anyways, I'm glad you guys haven't had to wrestle with that. So you, you're good. But legalism, and then there's a word called gnomism. It, that also, I never heard of this word until recently. I was reading it. And it says this. I'll just read the definition. It's, it's believing that the law and the keeping of it should be the most important thing in a person's life in a relationship with God. Nomism, N-O-M-I-S-M. These Judaizers thought, you know what? We got we to distract those Galatians people, so somehow we got to make Paul look bad. And so they probably shared something, this is what you need to do, and they tried to d- distract them. And they actually used the words to shut them out. I thought, oh, that means shut them out. What it meant, actually, literally means is to create like a special group. You know, we're the rule keepers. We're better than everyone else. So it's more of a specialized thing. Whew. There's a lot going on here. But Paul was more about pointing people to Christ than he was about pointing them to himself. But Paul loved them, as he said, as a, chi- as a mother would love a child until Christ is formed. Christ impacts every area of their life. And then the last portion. This is a long one. As you heard read earlier, you read the story of Isaac and Ishmael and what's all going on here. I believe in that passage of Scripture, the one-liner that I think is going to help you gain, give something to hang on to is this, that all God's children are born into freedom. All of God's children are born into freedom. Paul says, you know what? Okay, rule keepers, you want to you keep the rules? Well, let's take a look at a story in the Bible. It's about Abraham. And Abraham had two sons. Paul purposely chose this story because, one, it came from Genesis because the first five books of the Bible was the law. And then he chose Abraham because Abraham was known as like the father of Judaism so, I mean, Paul's, he's, he's hitting everything. And he says, you know, let's go back to Abraham, the founder of Judaism. And Paul uses the word, in, we're going to use this as an allegory. You know, the, probably the most famous one that you're familiar with would be Pilgrim's Progress. And I looked it up in Vines just to give you the definition of an allegory. It means to speak so that the facts stated are applied to illustrate principles. The allegorical meaning does not do away with a literal meaning. The people and actions have some hidden meanings, so the narrative can be read on two levels, a literally and symbolically. The story helps to illustrate some of the differences between the Galatian church that they were wrestling with. Law, grace. Judaism, Christianity. Unbeliever, believers. Or non-Christians and Christians. They were wrestling through this. And after all, Abraham had two sons from different wives. Why? Because Abraham was trying to fulfill the promise in his own strength. He was helping God out. Have you ever done that? How did that go for you? Probably as well as it did for me. Not very good. So I'm going to put up a a chart on uh, on the board for you to look at. In between Ishmael and Isaac, on the left you'll see Ishmael. 
And on the right is Isaac. Ishmael means God hears. Because even after he was born, they were cast out into the desert, him and his mom about to die, and God heard them. And God did make a promise for them, but it always stayed in that track. He never promised him that he would be the fulfilled promised child, but he did make a promise to them. It was different. Isaac, his name means laughter. It brought joy to a person. Ishmael, born of a slave woman named Hagar. Isaac was born to a free woman, Sarah. Ishmael was natural birth. Reliance is on himself and his own strength. Isaac was born of promise. It was a supernatural birth. Abraham and Sarah were old, whatever that means, but they were old. The older I get, it feels young, so I don't know, but they were old. (laughs) Ishmael represents slavery. Isaac represents freedom. You won't see these on there, but Israel, Ishmael represents Mount Sinai or the law, the present Jerusalem. The present Jerusalem says you got to do this, 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 and 900 other, other things. Whew. But Isaac represented the Jerusalem above. Ishmael justified by keeping the law, justified by faith. Ishmael living in the strength of your flesh, living in the strength of the spirit. In John 3, I like how it says it. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. These don't intertwine. They're two tracks. They stay that way. They stay that way. God never tried to change Ishmael or Hagar, did he? He didn't try to force them or teach them through educating them. Because compromise doesn't work. It didn't work for Abraham, and it won't work for us either. You're going to hear more about this in Galatians 5. But Ishmael and Isaac, they cannot live together. He used the phrase, cast them out. Law and grace. The flesh and the Holy Spirit. They're not meant to be tag team partners and work together. They're two totally different things. God's grace and the Holy Spirit should be the ones directing our lives. Paul goes through and says, you know what? The promise was given first to Abraham. So don't get it confused with the law because the law came on Mount Sinai about 430 years later. And then about 1,400 years after that, Jesus Christ came. The promise It always stayed true. I like what it says in Romans 9, verses 8 and 9. I'll read it for you. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year, I will return and Sarah shall have a son. Wow. Remember in the scriptures in John chapter 3 where Jesus met with one of the spiritual leaders. And he's like, you know, what do I have to do basically to have eternal life? And Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't understand what that meant. Because when it's all about rules, there's no, you, it's all about you. It's all about what you can do. But the born again is all about Jesus. It's all about what Jesus did for you. In Christ, your redemption is complete. 
Your adoption into God's family is finalized and you have been granted full access to Almighty God. Paul says, now live and enjoy that freedom in Christ. As we've looked at the text today, I've given you a few things to, to think about. The first one was turning away from Christ leads to slavery. The second portion is live for Jesus, not the approval of others. You know, they thought you need to do this and this, but you're all about living for Jesus. And then all God's children are born into freedom. Are you experiencing the joy, the blessing that comes through Jesus? You and I will continually not understand all the benefits that come with this, but trust me, they're there. Jesus doesn't break his promise. He keeps it. And I'll close with this. Your faith in Jesus Christ, it sets you free from the law. Now live in confidence for Jesus. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you that your word is true. We thank you for the promises that we have in Christ. I thank you for your love for each of us. I pray that there's somebody here today that is still trying their hardest to work or earn their acceptance and their salvation. I pray that today they would just humble themselves and say, I can't and open their heart to Jesus Christ as their Savior. And perhaps there's others here that today are believers and they're thinking, they're, if I just do a little more, then maybe. No, it's all about Jesus. Help us to live for you this week and enjoy the benefits that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. If you'd like more information on our church or a place to connect, you can check us out on the web at findliberty.net.